Well, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Welcome, welcome, world changers. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about something that really needs to be talked about, especially among believers today. That is the subject of addiction. I entitled this The Spiritual Side of Addiction, again, because I'm not speaking from a medical point of view. I'm speaking from a spiritual point of view. I'm going to share some of my own experiences. I'm going to share what I, what I have learned uh, through the scriptures and through experience. Um, I'm going to share what the Bible says uh, about addictions. Now, again, specifically, I'm talking about addictions to various substances, sub, excuse me, substances uh, ranging all the way from, hey, maybe perhaps even caffeine. Okay, caffeine would be like a mild one, but caffeine, and then we go into uh, more uh, serious and more destructive ones such as tobacco, uh, alcohol, and um, recreational drugs. So we're going to be talking about the whole the whole spectrum of this uh, of this whole entire um, uh, topic of addictions and substances. It's on my heart because I have encountered this kind of thing lately. I read something just uh, was it just last night or something um, from a, uh, a certain politician, believe it or not, that wrote an article about uh, the uh, very horrific substance abuse that has been going on, uh, you know, and and a lot of horrific things that this particular uh, politician has witnessed in a certain city. Okay, and I thought, you know, this is just, I just feel like this is just the time to share uh about this because you don't hear about this stuff in church usually you don't hear about this stuff your pastor usually doesn't talk about it maybe never never ever spoke about addictions if that's the case it's a sad situation i mean this, this should be something that's spoken about and this is this is the reason why i am speaking about it so let me just give you a little bit of a background of myself then we're going to go into the scriptures then i'm going to be taking your questions and your comments we're going to take it from there, okay? So, um, I grew up in a in a in a household that was I would say is a good, godly household. However, we were not uh, churchgoers, and um, but it's always been in, in ingrained in me as long as I can remember what good was, what bad was, and drugs have always been toted as bad. Okay. Um, I remember my, my grandmother specifically, uh, she was close to another family member who was, was pretty much a revivalist in the area, uh, almost a hundred years ago. Um, well close to a hundred years ago anyway, um, planted churches and preached the gospel on the streets and fiery messages of repentance from the pulpit the way it should be. Uh, and so my grandmother would, talk to me about, you know, when someone became a Christian, what, what would happen to them? You know, they, they, uh, they cleaned up their life. They stopped doing, they stopped drinking. They stopped with their, you know, uh, those kind of practices. They stopped their riotous living and they lived for God. And she would, she would tell me of various stories of various people who would, uh, come forward at the altar and different, like she, so she didn't, she wasn't a, I wouldn't say a faithful church goer, but um, she was well aware. She did attend revival services every now and then. She was well aware of different things. And, and she grew up in a family, like a Christian family as well. So 
Um, there's always been this idea within me, okay, I know that drugs is not, you know, it's, it's not really necessarily the Christian thing to do or the good, the best thing to do. Um, however, um, my, my, uh, when I was very young, my father, uh, passed away and things just fell apart. As a teenager, I went wild. I went very wild. I got involved with things I shouldn't have gotten involved in. I got, um, I dabbled into all kinds of different things I shouldn't be dabbling in. Okay. Um, so there are various recreational drugs that, that, um, that I got involved with. Okay. So, and I understand how people make excuses for it because I did too. Okay. I understand it. It's like, well, God created this thing. Okay. If it came from a plant, God created this plant. So he created it like this is God's gift to humanity kind of thing. Um, so, you know, God created it there's Therefore it's good. Okay. And that's the kind of attitude. And I know a lot of people have that attitude. Um, later on in life, uh, well, I mean, not that long, but, um, there was a time when God really got a hold of me. And in, in that time of my life, there was a couple other guys who were also involved in a lifestyle of, of drinking and smoking drugs and all, all that kind of stuff. And they, quote unquote, became Christian, okay? And they gave, up, they gave all that stuff up. They, they got clean. Uh, they started to go to church. And, you know, their language was all cleaned up. Their, their lifestyle was all cleaned up. And so... Uh, that was kind of like a model for my life. And so uh, when God really got a hold of me, um, I knew what needed to be done. I knew what needed to go. And by the grace of God, by the help and the power of God, God broke all of these addictions off of my life, broke them all. They all melted away in the presence and the power in the, by the power and the glory of God, they all melted away. The chains fell off. It, it was like how in the book of Acts, when you got the disciple, when you got the apostles that were in prison and, you know, God sent an angel and an earthquake and they were all free. It's the, that's what kind of happened in my life, figuratively speaking. Okay. I, it, I, I became free. I became free. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a real, um, freeing thing for me. It was like, I, I felt like those apostles had just walked out of the prison and, you know, I felt like, you know, a new man and I was a new man, right? I was a brand new man in Christ. All the old passed away and all the new have come. So since that event in my life, this, it started in July of 1992, in August of 1992 is when I, I would say that I was really legit born again, if you want to use that term, um, when really everything all everything just passed, uh, the old self just passed away and ev all, of the, um, all of the bridges were burnt and destroyed and <laughs> nothing left of it whatsoever. So... Um, there was a few times within the first few weeks, okay, after, after I was set free of these, doing these kind of things. Uh, there was three times 
when I actually did fall back into it, not really into an addiction, but rather just because I was with somebody and things happened. Okay. Um, three times. And this would have been just in within a couple months after a couple months uh, ranging from July 1992 into September 1992. Um, and I was just freshly coming out of that lifestyle, fresh coming out of those kind of, you know, hanging around with those kind of people, um, coming out from among them. And so there was a couple of times when I did, I did trip up a little bit. Okay. Every time I tripped up, something bad happened to me. Something bad happened to me. I, uh, at that point in time, you know, I didn't have a driver's license and I didn't have a car and, uh, uh, I had a bicycle. I got around on a bicycle in the area that I lived in. It was it was kind of really good. It was conducive for, you know, cyclists, you know, to get around from point A to point B. And so every time, every one of those three times that I tripped up, I should say I stumbled. Okay, um, I had a fairly significant bicycle accident, and I knew within. The heart of my hearts, if you want to put it that way, I knew within the heart of my hearts that this was God disciplining me. Why? Because there was no other time in my life I experienced these kind of accidents. I mean, like real, I mean, I didn't break it. I don't think I broke any bones, but I really did. It drew a lot. It drew blood. Okay. And it was a bad, bad fall. And so out of my, all of my, like I used to ride bicycles as a child and I used to build ramps and, you know, all this kind of thing and use bicycles and go up these ramps, woo, you know, just do like st stunts on bicycles. But I'd never, ever had any kind of accident like I had these three times when I actually stumbled. And so I do believe to this, to this day, and I believe, I believed even Every time that happened, I just knew. It's like, you know, you got this knowing within your heart. I just knew it was the discipline of the Father because I just stumbled and it happened within, sometimes within days, sometimes the very day. And I'm like, man, I've never had anything this serious happen to me before. And the last time I stumbled within those first few months, July, August, September, um, the last time I stumbled, Again, uh, what, what happened was just after freak, like it was like a freak storm. Nobody expected it. It was like a freak storm. I'm telling you, it was really weird. It was wild. All of a sudden, hail just started coming down. And again, I'm like, okay, Lord, that's it. I'm sorry. You know, like, um, that's it. Okay. And never since that time. I am wholly convinced that doing any of these things, especially recreational drugs, drunkenness, these kind of things, is wholly against the ways of God. It is wholly against God's will for your life. So that's a little bit of my own experience my own experience, okay? Um, again, if you have questions about that, feel free to submit those in the live chat. I will get to those questions very soon. Now, so after I got saved, after God got a hold of me, um, I 
started thinking. I thought, why, why would I make up all these excuses? Well, I know why, but was, these were stupid excuses anyway. He's like, well, God made the plant or God made this or God made that. So it's, it's okay. It's good. Um, then I started thinking, hey, well, that's not very lo- logical at all because God made poison ivy too, right? God made lots of plants that are very dangerous for us. So that falls through in that kind of reasoning, whole, like falls right on its face. Anybody who says to you, well, you know, so God made this plant or that plant or whatever plant. Uh, therefore, it's okay to, to, to avail yourself of the drugs that, or the high or whatever you would get from either, you know, from any kind of drug that can be derived from that plant. It's not true. I, I honestly believe that God created plants. Most of these drugs, including tobacco, uh, nicotine was actually created by God. Now, again, I don't have, I, I know I don't have scripture for this, but I do believe this. That I do believe that God created plants with different um, chemicals in the plant that is originally God originally meant it to be like an insecticide or a pesticide. Even to this day, if you look it up on the internet, you can say, hey, like uh, you can you can make pesticides, insecticides with tobacco, just simply tobacco and water and, you know, almost like a tobacco tea kind of thing is an insecticide. And I, I spoke to uh, an organic farmer uh, years ago, excuse me. No, sorry. Let me correct myself. I spoke to a professional farmer who knew a lot about organic farming. And he he uh, told me about how to do organic farming properly, you need to have layers or like level layers of different kind of plants around your, your core garden. Because each layer, each plant can, can act as a deterrent or a pesticide or insecticide for certain certain pests or insects or whatever right so um you know even to this day i think you can buy uh sprays and uh, insecticides that are based upon natural plants like chrysanthemum right uh you can get an insecticide or uh, insect repellent based upon chrysanthemum um citronella another repellent okay so there's lots of things so i believe that god made plants certain plants to be almost like the guardians of the garden okay uh and so the devil comes along and turns those pesticides into addictions i wasn't really planning on talking about this but i will i just feel like i feel like i feel this should be mentioned Okay, so this is, let me just say this. Okay, so this is from the Book of Enoch. Now, for those of you who are wondering what's the Book of Enoch and all this kind of stuff, the Book of Enoch actually was in the Bible, or at least considered to be scripture is what I mean. Uh, It still is considered to be, it's actually in the Ethiopian Bible to this day from thousands of years ago. And uh, it has been held as scripture even by several of the early church fathers. I believe, I truly believe that Yeshua himself, Jesus himself, and um, people like Jude uh, knew the book of Enoch very well and quoted from the book of Enoch. Okay, so I do believe that it is it is scripture. And some parts of the book of Enoch, I believe, were not written by Enoch. Some parts were, but that's a totally different story. 
I'm going to go to the Ethiopian Book of Enoch here. Now, this is not, this was not on the on the schedule. So this is like spontaneous here. Okay, I'm going to show you guys from the Book of Enoch. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a background. In the Book of Enoch, it tells us it's just it's amazing. It's actually amazing. It tells us how the devil works. It tells us about. It even talks about abortion. It talks about ending the life within the womb. It talks about all of these things and each of the evil spirits that are behind it. Now, this this book this book is not a uh, a modern book. Okay, uh, it used to be taught that the Book of Enoch was uh, a forgery that was forged like two or three hundred A.D. Okay, then they found it in the Dead Sea Scrolls. It's like Oh, oh yeah. What? How? Where does this? Uh, how does? Uh, what years does this date to? Two to three hundred BC. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I guess we were off about four to six hundred years there. Um, it's an ancient, ancient book, and it talks about all these things that we can, we can relate to in in modern society today. Let me show you something. This is Enoch. This the Ethiopian, Ethiopic book of Enoch. Chapter 7, this is talking about the evil spirits, the fallen angels. Um, and this, after the evil spirits fell with the devil, okay, this is this that's the context of it. Chapter 7, verse 1, and all the others together with them, them being the fallen angels, the evil spirits, the demons, if you will. Uh, so all of the others together with them took unto themselves wives. You know, so this is spoken of in Genesis chapter 6. When the sons of God went into the children of, uh, to the daughters of men, okay? So the sons of God, meaning angels, uh, in, in that context, meaning fallen angels, okay? So they took unto themselves wives, and each chose for himself one, and they began to go in unto them and defile themselves with them, and they taught them charms, enchantments, okay? So these are all the things that the Torah is against, God is against, and the cutting of roots, Pay special attention to that, that phrase, the cutting of roots. Why? Because that is an ancient allusion to drugs. It's an ancient allusion to drugs. Okay, so back in those days, they didn't have things like, you know, like, you know, ecstasy or, or meth or any kind of thing like that. They got a lot of their drugs from cutting of roots, um, different plants, okay, so according to Enoch, chapter 7, uh, these kind of drugs were, actually came into the human race taught by evil spirits, okay? Now I'm going to get into, hang on guys, don't go too far, okay? Because I'm going to get into um, the book of James, I'm going to get into the book of Galatians, okay? And various other passages as well in the Bible, but I just... This has to be uh, spoken of. Uh, the book of Enoch is, is more ancient than any of those books. Uh, so um, let's just go, let's just read on here. Let's just read on a little bit more. So this is chapter seven at the end of verse one. So these evil spirits taught them charms, enchantments, and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants. Plants. Okay. Of course, you know that, you know, at least in the ancient time, actually not too long ago, most most drugs were just 
derived from plants. Okay? So, what does the book of James have to say? What does the book of Jude have to say? What does the book of Galatians have to say? What does the book of Revelation have to say? We're going to talk about this. Now, it's very, very important that everybody understands this. God's ways, as made known through the scriptures, are very clear. God wants us to deny ourselves and to serve others, okay? And most importantly, God wants us to deny ourselves and love and serve him. So is the first and second greatest commandments, right? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as yourself. The thing is with drugs is that it, the spirit behind these drugs forces you to make an idol of it. Instead of deriving your pleasure from God, you derive your pleasure from it. Very important to understand this. Very important to understand this. Instead of deriving your pleasure from God, you derive your pleasure from it. Instead of loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, these, the spirit, I do believe there are spirits. I'm talking about evil spirits. I'm talking about entities that ha- that are very, very knowledgeable, and they are um, very good at what they do. I, you know, I can't, you know, look at how much they've, get, how much, Havoc they've wreaked over the in the world all low these many thousands of years. They're very good at that. But we should not be ignorant of the devil's schemes, as it says in the scriptures. We should not be ignorant of the devil's schemes. That's why I'm talking about these things. So please, if you guys know of anybody who is struggling with an addiction, or if you are struggling with an addiction, please. Batten down the hatchets, okay? (laughs) Sit down, buckle up, stay for a while, and listen and learn, okay? Because I believe the truth will set you free. If you know the truth, the the truth will set you free. So first of all, you need to know where 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 do these drugs come from? How did how did drugs get into how did people get involved with it in the first place? According to the scriptures, according to the book of Enoch, it came by the direct teaching from the devil's minions to mankind. That's where it started. Why would the evil spirits, why would the devil want to, to do this? Because he hates, he wants to see people destroyed. He wants to see people be objects of the wrath of God. Okay? It's super important to see the spiritual side of addiction. It's so important. Because once you see it, and I pray that every one of you who are listening to me, if you're on uh, Podbean listening to this podcast, or if you are... Um, on any of the other platforms, I pray that you would listen to this, that you would 
be enlightened, I pray that your eyes would be opened to see the spiritual realm. I pray, just like how Elisha prayed, okay, that his servant would, his eyes would be opened. So I pray for you guys that all of your eyes would be opened. Yes, so, so it's my prayer that each one of you, if you, it's my prayer for each one of you to see. I pray that the Lord, yud Hey wow Hey would open your eyes to see the spiritual realm. Because if you see what's going on in the spiritual realm, that would help you tremendously. That would help you so much to be able to fight this thing. I do believe that addictions are spiritual. I do believe they are spiritual. Okay? So it's God's will for us to take pleasure in Him above all else. It's God's will for, for, uh, for, for us to love Him more than any, anything else. It's the devil's will for you to take pleasure in other things rather than God. Now that could come in the, in the, in the form of many things, okay? Many things that this earth, that this world can offer you. However, Drugs is one of those things. And that's what we're focusing on tonight. Excuse me. So it's the devil's will for you to take pleasure in drugs. Now, not it, not every not everybody gets involved with that, but a lot of people do. When they do, a lot of times it's almost impossible for them to break break free from this thing because this these evil spirits dig their claws into the back of, of you more figuratively speaking and just will not let go. I pray that that doesn't happen to any of you. And if you feel like it, that you're struggling with that right now, I, I pray that by the end of this live stream, you will be free. And no, you cannot say, well, you know, because I, I, I know some, some people would say, well, you know, it's, uh, we're saved by grace. So we don't, you know, doing these things will not take you to hell. You can serenade yourself. You can you can repeat it over and over and over again until you believe it. Let me show you what the scriptures actually say. Let me show you. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Now, here I am again quoting Paul's letter. This part of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, as many of you know, is one of my favorite passages of Paul. Uh I mean, what he says here is right in line, completely in line, consistent with all of the rest of Scripture, with the Torah, with the prophets, everything. So it is really, really good. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Let's, let's read this. Now remember, just before I read this, remember, Paul in Galatians chapter 1 made it very clear. He's speaking to the church here. He's not speaking to unbelievers. He's not speaking to the world. He's not speaking to those dirty, filthy, rotten, stinking sinners. He's, he's speaking to the church. The so-called blood-bought, spirit-filled believers, okay? That's, that's who he's speaking to. He made it very clear in Galatians. He says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, 
idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who, d- who practice such things will not, notice, not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? We need the fear of God, people. We need the fear of God. We need to come out from this greasy grace, counterfeit grace doctrine. It's like, oh, you can do whatever you want and you're, you're still saved. That's not what this says. Paul made it very clear here to the church, to the so-called blood-bought, spirit-filled believers that if you do any of these things or, or anything like it. Now, recreational drugs falls into several of these categories. Remember, all it takes is just one of these categories to, to disqualify you from the kingdom of God. But recreational drugs falls into several of these categories. Uncleanness, if you're smoking. Very unclean, okay? Un, uh, recreational drugs, um, very uh, commonly lead to things like fornication or adultery or lewdness, these kind of things. It is idolatry, in fact, especially uh, those who are, uh, they have a, an addiction to it because you are running to it for, for pleasure and for comfort rather than to God. Sorcery. Now, I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. That's a very, very important one. We'll talk about that. Um, Hatred, contentions, okay? Uh, Recreational drugs and uh, abuse of alcohol takes, you know, causes a lot of these things. Um, Selfish ambitions. This is what drugs is all about. It's all about selfish ambition. It's all about, I want to get high and I'll do it at any expense. Forget giving my money to those who, forget using my money to bless other people. No, I want to get high. Oh, I need to be pampered by this. I need to feel good. I need to satisfy my cravings. I need this to hit the spot. Lots of murders happen because of, um, you know, abuse of various substances. Drunkenness is very clear. Okay. Um. And the like, right? Now let me just let me just. Be, I'm going to sorcery. I'm going to get to sorcery here. It's very very important. You guys understand what this means because this is the word in in the Greek for sorcery is actually it means drugs. Okay, but before I get to that, let me uh, I'll show you guys. But let me just let me just talk about self selfish ambitions here a little bit before we get too far. Selfish ambitions. Okay. It says, even what Paul said here, Galatians 5, 20, 21, even if you're engaging or practicing selfish ambitions, it's you will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is Paul's warning to the church. Now, there's nothing, well, maybe not nothing, but there's few things that are more selfish than engaging in recreational drug activity. It's all about pleasing self. It's not about helping others and blessing others. It's all about what I can do for myself so that I can get high, so that I can feel good. You know, pet my, you know, pet my, you know, pet me. Um, 
and sp- spending hundreds or thousands or perhaps even millions of dollars. Some of these people uh, that are very rich, they do, they do get involved in um, recreational drugs. They spend lots of money on this selfishly, not, ha- not for anybody else's pleasure, not for anybody else's blessing, but just for themselves. And that's it. Okay, so let's talk about sorcery. Sorcery. Oh, and by the way, let me, I got to say one more thing about selfish, selfish ambitions before I get too far. Drugs, recreational drugs, all too often lead to death. People actually more or less kill themselves on using these kind of substances. A lot of times they don't care because all they want is just to, they just want that hit, you know, they just want that, that feeling. They just want to satisfy that addiction and it costs their lives. That is selfish. You are saying, God, no, I don't want you to bless me. I don't want you to use me as a blessing. I don't want you to use me as a blessing in somebody else's life. And I don't care what my friends and my family think about me and how much they love me because I'm just going to, I'm just going to destroy myself anyway. That is very, very sad, but yet that is part of selfish ambitions. It's being selfish. And that's against the ways of God. Okay. Now, hang in there again, guys. I'm going to be talking about how to break free from addiction. But let me just, let's, let's go through this first. We need to set it up. We need to lay it out. What do the scriptures actually say about it first? We'll talk about that. And then we'll go into, okay, so what, what, how, how can I break free? Let's check out this word sorcery now. This word sorcery, I'll pull out the interlinear Bible. Okay, let me just blow it up a little bit, zoom in there a little bit more so that, so sorcery um, in the original, uh, I just missed it here. Sorcery uh, in, in, uh, in the King James is translated as witchcraft, okay? But look at this, look at the Greek word that it is, that's actually used here, pharmakeia. Pharmakia. Okay? That's where that's where we get our word pharmacy from. Okay? It's very closely related to the word pharmacy. Pharmakia, pharmakia. Okay? So uh, now, having mentioned that, I do have to clarify something here. God is not against medicine that's used if if again, please, don't misunderstand me. Talk to your doctor about if you got, if you need medical help, go talk to your, you know, go talk to a medical doctor about that. I'm not a medical doctor, so I do not believe that God is against good medicine. Okay, good medicine. You know, God has blessed us with medicine such as antibiotics. You know, so antibiotics is you know, saved countless people's lives. I mean, praise God, hallelujah for that. I do not believe that. That is what this is talking about, okay? Because it, when we read the scripture, we shouldn't focus in on one thing. We shouldn't be too hyper-literal. I'm always saying this because that's one of the downfall, downfalls of a lot of Christians. They're so hyper-literal. We should not practice scriptural isolation. What I mean by that is you take one little verse or one little passage and isolate it from the rest of, of the scriptures. Even one section of the Bible and isolate it from the rest of, uh, the, rest of the scripture. Shouldn't do that. Take it all 
excuse me, take it all into consideration because, you know, God uses all, all of Scripture, right? So in the other parts of Scripture, uh, we read about how God used medical, uh, like medicines and such. We've got the bomb of Gilead. We've got different things, okay, different different times throughout history. God makes it very clear that, that he used medicine to heal people, Um and so God can do that. So that's not what I'm talking about. This is not, I don't believe this is what this is talking about. Good medicine, that if you take this medicine, its benefits will outweigh, outweigh its risks, you know, from the, uh, using the advice of a professional medical doctor, I think it is, is you know, something that is, this, this is not part of that. This is talking about recreational drugs. That's when drugs go wild. Okay. Okay. So that's, um, that's a different thing, but look at this, this word witchcraft or sorcery. Okay. Pharmakeia. Now you look it up in the, um, the Greek again, pharmakeia, pharmakeia, um, the use or administering of drugs, that can also include poisoning, uh, sorcery, magical arts, um, often found in connection with idolatry and fostered by it. Um, but look at look at this. Okay, so that it quotes Galatians five twenty here, where it's got which it's it says witchcraft. It actually should say drugs. Revelation chapter nine verse twenty one, ta- talking about the people in the last days how uh, even in spite of God's um, pouring out of his wrath and the natural disasters and the things that, that are coming upon the world, in spite of all those things, it says, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Now, the sorceries, again, this is pharmakia, which should be translated as drugs. So can you imagine? Isn't, doesn't this sound like today? Murders, drugs, fornication, theft. Doesn't it sound like today? That's Revelation 9, 21. We also got Revelation 18, 23. Okay, and that says, and the can and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. So this is the fall of Babylon. It's talking about, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries, their pharmakia, were all nations deceived. Wow. Imagine that. All nations were deceived by drugs. Hmm. Isn't that something? Okay. So let's go back on over to uh, Galatians. Uh, Again, uh, I think everybody should be well aware of that. Um, And you see what happens is a lot of times the devil... The devil, you know, the devil, he operates by telling lies, okay? So he doesn't operate by truth, right? I mean, he's the, as it says in the scriptures, he's the, father, he's the father of lies. So one of the lies is, oh, it's okay. If you do this, it's okay. You're covered. You're not, you're not, you know, God won't be mad at you. You know, you can do it. Uh, you know, you're not going to be judged by God for doing this. Um, doesn't that sound like the serpent with Eve at the Garden of Eden? Ah, you can eat the you can eat the fruit. Um, you won't die. You know, you're not going to lose your salvation over that. No, 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 no. 
Doesn't that sound like that? And that's one of the that's one of the lies. Okay. Another lie, and I, I need to talk about this. This is something that this is going into how to get free, okay, from this, okay? Uh, this is touching on that, but let me let, I have to say this. Number two, decept, deception of the devil. It's okay to hang around with other people who are doing these things, who are engaging in these kind of illicit drugs or uh, this kind of activity, this these kind of practices. It's okay to hang out with them because Jesus, Jesus was the friend of sinners. So you want to be like Jesus? Ah, go and hang out with these guys. Now you put those two together. You put those two together where it's like, it's okay to take drugs. God's not going to be mad at you. You're not going to suffer. You're not going to lose. You know, you're, God's not going to kick. You're not going to lose your spot in the kingdom of God. Forget about Galatians 5.20, but you're not going to lose your spot in the kingdom of God over it. Eh, it's okay. You know, if you eat the apple, you're not going to die. And hanging around with people that do, it's okay to do that because Jesus was a friend of sinners. You put those two together. It's like putting a match to the gasoline, okay? It's like you're you're it's something's gonna happen. Yes, to say that Jesus was a friend of sinners and it's okay to do that is a lie. Jesus said that the world hated him because he testified that their that their deeds were evil. He didn't say that the sinners loved them, loved him. He didn't say that. He didn't say that the sinners loved him because. Um, <laughs> because of what? <laughs> oh, because I'm just I'm just so full of grace. He didn't say that. He said the world hates me because I testify its deeds are evil. He wasn't a friend of sinners. He was a friend of ex sinners. That's a totally different. That's a to totally different story. See, the Pharisees, just like many Christians today, when they were when they saw Jesus with you know Peter, which uh, remember Peter said, "Away from me, Lord! I'm a sinner." When they, when, he, when they saw Jesus with Peter or Mary Magdalene or any of these other people that followed him around, oh, look at Jesus as a friend of sinners. See, what they were doing, they were, it would, please keep in mind, these people who accused Jesus of being a friend of sinners were the enemies of Christ. They were the enemies of Christ. Why would they accuse Jesus of being a friend of sinners? Because they knew that if they could do that, they could they could um, they could condemn him as being a sinner and breaking the law of God and breaking the Torah and breaking all the things in the book of Proverbs that it says not to hang around with, with sinners and in the book of Psalms and many other places you know without mentioning okay they knew that the word of God says don't hang out with sinners that's why they accused him of being a friend of sinners. Now, I, I know people say, well, Jesus said, you know, that uh, um, he was a friend of sinners like because the sinners needed a doctor. It's like the sick people need a doctor. Okay, okay. There's a difference between going to the sinners to cure them of their sin versus hanging around them and partaking of, with, of their sin with them. So Jesus likened himself unto a doctor, said these, these people are sick. They need to be healed, okay? Just like what he said, I don't come for the righteous. There are righteous people. Otherwise, it would be absurd to say that. I don't come for the righteous. I come for the sinners. Why? Oh, just to love on them, just to accept them in their sin. No, I come for the sinners, he said, to call them to repentance. Why? 
because that's the key to salvation right there. Deuteronomy chapter 10, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, 1 Kings chapter 8, okay? Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, I mean, I'll go on and on and on and on and on. Ezekiel chapter 18, uh, very, very clear. You take someone who's sinned, a dirty, filthy, rotten, stinking sinner all of his life, and he changes, and now he doesn't sin anymore. Guess what? He's not a sinner anymore. You might call him an ex-sinner, but he's not a sinner. It says in, in, in Ezekiel chapter 18 that God will look upon that person as if they have never, ever sinned. Nothing that they've ever done in their past will ever be held against them. That's beautiful. That's awesome. That's why Jesus said, I come to call the sinners to repentance. Not to hang out with them and partake of their sin. No. But to drive the sin out of them, okay? So be very careful, very, very careful, because these those two lies, well, it's okay to hang around with sinners because Jesus was a friend of sinners. And, well, you know, if you do it, it doesn't, you're not going to... Eh, you're not going to, you know, incur the, God's not going to be angry with you. God's not going to be mad with you. You're not going to, you're not going to jeopardize your state, your, your place in, in the kingdom. Don't go there. I pray that every one of you within the sound of my voice would have a healthy dose of the fear of God. Matthew 7, 21 to 23 should get you there. <laughs> At least that's a good step. Um, and then finally, to think the last lie of the devil. Now, this would be more like pre prevention, to prevent you from ever falling into this snare of the devil. So, number one, don't believe the lie. Oh, if you do it, it's not going to harm you at all. You're not going to die. You're not going to lose your salvation. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to. Don't believe that. Oh, it's okay to hang around people who do because if you, you know, because Jesus did. Don't believe that. By the way, who did Jesus say was sinners? Who did Jesus say were the sinners? The Pharisees. How much did he actually fellowship with them? The hypocritical Pharisees that, that Jesus always rebuked. How much did he, could, would you say, hey, he was, you know, he was being a friend of the Pharisees. Like he's, he, he was right in with them. Could you say that? Well, some people I'm pretty sure can say that, but Jesus didn't call Peter a sinner. Jesus didn't call Mary Magdalene a sinner. Why? Because they repented. And according to Ezekiel chapter 18, Jesus, God the Father, none of them could ever, ever hold any of their past sins against them because they've repented. Simple, pure, plain and simple. And the last lie, the last lie is, uh, you're, you're, you're strong, you're not going to fall. You're not going to fall into that. You're strong. Oh, yeah? Remember, it says in the scriptures, you think you're strong? Be careful lest you fall. I'll show you guys this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, uh, verse 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Okay? Hebrews 4, 11, this is good too. Let us labor. In other words, work hard, guys. Work hard to enter the, into that rest, lest any man fall, okay? 2 Peter 3, 17, You therefore, beloved, see, see, know these things before, beware lest 
you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. So what I'm what I'm saying right now, okay, is in is in perfect harmony, perfect harmony with the scriptures, okay. Don't believe the devil's lies that it's not going to hurt you, it's not going to harm you, it's not going to, that you're not going to die. That it's okay to hang around with people who are sinners in, in doing those things. And that you're strong enough. You're going to stand. No, don't believe that. Run from the appearance of evil, as it says. Run from evil. Run from evil. So that's how to, to avoid falling okay that's how let me maybe i should restate that that's how to avoid ever getting involved in this stuff at all um let me talk about sensual what is what does the scripture say about sensual things okay you know that recreational recreational drugs falls into the category of of being sensual right it's all about being high it's all about getting high it's all about how you feel it's all about feeling good okay god is not like that he's god is not all about that god wants you to humble yourself sometimes afflict yourself okay humbling yourself is sometimes afflicting yourself you know admitting you're wrong sometimes or admitting that you need you need to learn something you don't know you don't know at all you're humble that is kind of afflicting yourself it's bringing yourself down god is not into Oh, just please, just like, um, almost like the prosperity preachers, like, please, like he's not into just pleasing you all the time, like pleasing, just sending worldly pleasures your way all the time. That's not the ways of God. As it says, the love of the world is not the love of the father. If you have the love of the world in you, you don't have the love of the father in you. Okay. So let's go into James chapter three. We're going to start with verse 13. True wisdom from above. We need this, don't we? Especially those who are struggling with addictions. We need true wisdom from above. Who is a wise man who endured, who, excuse me, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. By the way, this word conversation is an old King James word that means way of life or your walk that kind of thing. Um, verse 14. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, hearts, glory not. In other words, don't be proud about that. Uh, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Now notice, look at the, look at the, look at these, the, the categorization here. This is, it comes as a package, earthly, sensual, devilish. And this is exactly what recreational drugs are. They are earthly, they are sensual, they are devilish, and they are not from above. Okay? At least the practice of abusing or taking, availing yourself of recreational drugs is not from above. It is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Jude. There's only one chapter in Jude, so we'll start at verse 17. Okay, it says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you 
there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the spirit. So notice again, the, the, whole, the whole thing of sensuality is against the spirit. Okay, again, please understand, recreational drugs, including drunkenness, and perhaps you can even include tobacco use in there as well, is to, it's sensual. It's, 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 to, it's to appease you. It's to make you feel better. It's to relax you or make you feel good or whatever the case is. Sensual, not spiritual. Sensual, not spiritual. Okay, so... Um, One more time, one more thing, and then I'm going to get into how to break the addiction. One more scripture. Um, okay. Now, think about this, and this is true for today, isn't it? This is uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. I think we've seen a slight hint of it. Um, verse 2, people will be lovers of themselves. Now notice again, uh, recreational drug use is about loving yourself. I mean, it's about, it's about yourself. It's a selfish thing. It's a selfish thing. It is. lovers. So people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. Oh boy, there you go. Especially those who are who really got, uh, you know, if they're really controlled by some of these spirit, spirits through, through drug use, they are without self-control many times. Brutal not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. There it is right there. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Doesn't that sum it up right there? People, a lot of people would rather get high than love God. If they had a choice, they would rather get high than to go and do something that God told them to do. They would rather get high. They'd rather have that pleasure than to obey the commandments, right? Because it says the love of God is to obey his commandments, right? Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So the, this, is, this is the thing that I want, to, I want to convey here. And I pray that the Lord would help me do this. And It's not... God's will for us to be anywhere near th that category of being lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And that's not what God created us for, for us to be just soaking up our own pleasure as opposed to loving him or loving one another. People who are engaged in 
drug use for the main a lot of them are lovers of pleasure as opposed to lovers of God because they that's what they love they love they love getting high and you can't have you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devils too a lot of people want both you can't have your cake and eat it too here okay it's very very important to understand this now, I want, to go, I want to read the next verse here, and this, this will lead right into how to be free. And I'll get right into your questions and your comments. Remember, those of you um, who are on YouTube, got any specific questions for me, please put at Christopher in the live chat. Otherwise, I probably won't uh, be able to, uh, to see your, 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 um, your question. Uh, it's, it's lots of activity there in the chat. So, um, yeah. So let's 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 read this particular verse, verse five. This is Second Timothy three five, having a form of godliness. Isn't that interesting? That these people that are lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. It's like, wow, that just throws a wrench into the, uh, it's like, that's quite the uh, ingredient in the mix, isn't it? Having a form of godliness. So in other words, a lot of these people can look good. Like they're like really good people. Like they're really, they're really fun. They're really, they're really cool. That's the problem. That's the deception, right? You know, it says there, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, 2 Corinthians 11, where uh, the, the devil comes as an angel of light. And that's exactly what happens when it comes to drug drugs. Comes as an angel of light. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. This is it. This is it right here. But denying its power. In other words, these people do not know the power of God. Now, what is the power of God for? It's not just so that you can go have a picnic. It's not just so that you can feel a little warm and fuzzies. What's the power of God for? What is The power of God is to fulfill his will. That's what it's for. The power of God is to empower you to fulfill his will. And what is his will? to break free from this addiction, to be a new creation, to be free from the vicious and violent grips of sin. God's power is for that. And I pray that every one of you that are listening will experience God's power for freedom in your life. If you're if you're desperate enough and you're humble enough, you will. Do not deny his power. In other words, open yourself up, let him do what he wants to do with you. And don't make excuses. Don't 
don't hang on to, you've got to, first of all, in order to be free, you have to come to the place where you've had enough. If not, don't even, don't even try. All right. If you, if you haven't, if you haven't come to the place in your life, excuse me, when you've just had enough of this addiction, you've had enough of the smoking, you've had enough of the drinking, you've had enough of the drugs, when you come to the place where you've really had enough and you're desperate and you're humble, beautiful, beautiful. You're in the really good spot. If you've not come to that place where you've had enough, where you can say enough is enough, then what you need to do, instead of seeking, instead of trying to get free, if you still love it, Pray that God takes the love out of your heart, the love for sin, the love for doing these things. Pray that God would turn your heart so that you're not a lover of pleasure at all. You say, I'd rather love God. I'd rather serve God, even if it's, even if it hurts, even if it hurts. I'm not looking for pleasure. I'm not loving pleasure. I just want love. I just want God. Even if it smashes your pride, even if it just breaks you, that's where you need to get. That's where you need to get. I'm telling you, I believe there are people that are listening to this. This is this this is like a gift of heaven for you. You have to get to the point where you said, I've had enough. Enough is enough. God, give me hatred for this sin. Father, fill me with the fear of God so that I may hate all evil. As it says, those who fear the Lord will hate all evil. I will hate this instead of love it. I will turn from it. Give me the power to do so. It's interesting it says here, these people that have the form of godliness, they they have all, they look good, although they have all this other stuff going on in the background. They have a form of godliness, but they, they deny its power. In other words, they don't have the power of God in their life. They're still bound up in sin. They are they are still slaves of sin. It says have nothing to do with such people. It doesn't say hang out with them and try to save them. It says have nothing to do with such people. Again, we you got to get to the point where your love of God exceeds the love of anything or anybody else. Say, I'd rather be on the right path with God than to have fun with my friends. I'd rather be on the right path with God than to feel good myself. I'd rather be on the right path with God than for me to have pleasure. Because I'm not looking for pleasure, even if it's pain. I'll take it as long as I'm on the right path with God. So then, how do you get free? Those three things I spoke of earlier, you got to make sure that you don't fall into those lies. You got to make sure that you know and believe what the scripture says about those who practice such things. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Number one. Number two. Get, come out from among them, says the Lord, and be separate. 
then I will be a father to you, and then you will be my sons and daughters. Not everyone is a child of God. Not everyone is. I'm sorry. I, I know that goes against a lot of people's beliefs, but that is the truth. Not everyone is a child of God. Over and over and over and over again, through the scriptures, it talks about the sons of Belial, the sons of the devil. In, in, we read it so many times throughout the, the Tanakh so far. We read it so many times throughout, throughout our readings from Genesis all the way through to uh, Kings and Chronicles. How many times said this person is a son of the devil? This person is a son. These are the sons of Belial. Jesus himself in, in John chapter 8 called a whole group of people the sons of the devil. Your, uh, your, your father is, this, is the devil. You've got, to, you've, you've got to come out from the idea that these people are, are precious children of God. They're not. Oh, but they're cool. Oh, but I like them. Oh, but they're, they're my friends. Come out from among them, says the Lord, and be separate. Then I will be my then I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters. You've got to come out from among them. Okay? That's number 2. And number 3 Do not think you are stronger than you are. Be humble. Be humble. Finally, and very, very important. I, I can't say maybe most importantly, but very, very, very important. In fact, this is actually the key for many of you. The key for freedom. God is giving you a spiritual key to freedom tonight. This is the key. Do not, it's, it, it, it's, it follows the rest of what I was saying. Do not believe a lie. Do not believe a lie. If you are not free, it's because you don't know the truth. I mean, let's let, let's be, I mean, let's, Jesus said, if you know the truth, it will set you free, right? So, I mean, logically, if you don't know the truth, then you, you won't be free. Or if you're not free, you won't, you know, you know. So, this is something that held me in bondage. I speak from experience. This is not just theological rambling. This is not doctrine or just words or something that I believe. This is something I've been through. One of the things in the church that could keep you enslaved to sin, enslaved to the devil, enslaved to his minions, his evil spirits, is the idea that Jesus died in your place that you don't you're not crucified with him. You it's not it's the idea of substitutionary atonement. And I know that goes against a lot of what a lot of people believe. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Trust me. What I'm telling you is the truth because I've been there. What you've got to start believing is Galatians 2.20. Romans chapter 6. Okay? Where, where the idea, you are crucified with him. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the one who loved me and gave himself for me. That's a mouthful, but you got to start saying that and you got to start believing that because that's the truth that will set you free. That's when, when the devil comes to you to tempt you, you can say, get behind me, Satan, for it is written. I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Crucified men do not sin. Crucified women do not sin. Romans 6, verse 2, how can you who are dead to sin live in it any longer? How are you dead to sin? Through the body of Christ, as it says in Romans chapter 6. Through the death of Christ, you are dead to sin. Because when, see, for any sacrifice to take effect properly, you have to identify with that sacrifice. If you don't identify with that sacrifice, it's, it's worthless. You have to identify with that sacrifice. It has to be a true sacrifice. It's not like, again, please understand me. It's not like if you get the idea that, oh, Jesus died in my place. Now, like I'm just I'm just on the ground looking up or I'm doing my own thing. I'm, I'm going around sinning while Jesus is on the cross and he just paid for me. That's wrong. That's, a, that's the lie that will keep you in bondage. But the truth that will set you free will is, is that you identify with Yeshua on the cross. I am crucified with him. Not he, he was crucified for me and I, you know, no. You don't hang around the cross looking at the cross. You get on the cross. That's the key. You see, the whole thing is to identify with Yeshua, to identify with Jesus. When he died, I died. My old sinful, addicted self died. When he rose, I rose in newness of life. I'm a new creation. I'm brand new. Not to sin, of course not. Dead men don't sin. Resurrected people don't sin. Jesus didn't sin. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Wow. Christ is not going to be, I mean, Jesus is not so weak that he is enslaved to coke or crack or any other recreational drug, meth, or even smoking, tobacco, or drunkenness he's not so weak okay all that stuff is from the enemy it's bad for you it's not good for you it is a tool that the devil uses to destroy you and for those of you who have never done any of this if you've never touched any of this stuff congratulations blessings awesome but don't do it because sometimes many times i should say sometimes many times doing so you open yourself up to evil spirits to get a hold of you and to enslave you and to hijack your heart, hijack your mind, hijack your spirit to love this stuff. It's just the truth what I'm telling you. It's just the truth. You need to understand your actions against God's instructions open a door to evil spirits. When you do something that God told you not to do, what you do is you open a door to evil spirits. And the evil spirits, more often than not, more than one, 
hardliness or ever just just one, okay? But there, evil spirits come in to you and hijack you and control you and enslave you. And you don't even know they're there. So you tell that devil, get behind me. Now I know the truth. The truth will set me free every time the devil tempts you to pick up a smoke or pick up a drink or pick up that any kind of paraphernalia that's involved with any kind of substance that you may be abusing. Whenever that happens, get behind me, Satan. I know the truth now. And the truth is, I am crucified with Christ and stand your ground. Resist him. I'll show you this. This is this is something here. Again, this is something that I didn't um, I didn't plan on bringing this up, but again, this is something that just came to my mind, and, and someone needs to hear this. Second, or excuse me, First Peter chapter five verse nine. Resist him. Speaking of who? Okay, you know what? Let's let's go to the context here. Verse eight. Actually, um, yeah. Verse 8. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and of, of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. He's not really a roaring lion. I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, he, he masquerades himself as an angel of light. As, you know, and he, he always works through other people, just like how God, God always works through other people too. He always works through other people's, you know, masquerading masquerading as an angel of light you know at, in the, uh, the passage that we just read people that have a form of godliness right so the devil is not always you know portraying himself out to be a roaring lion but he's prowling like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour resist him resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So, there it is right there. We have to resist him. You have to resist him. And some of you, you know, that you, you, different drugs have different, not all drugs are the same, right? You got mild drugs, you got very, very strong drugs. Whatever the case is, whether it's very mild or whether it's a very heavy drug, um, God does not want you addicted to any of it. Any kind of addiction. Be it all the way from caffeine all the way through to crack or heroin or any other drug that may be even stronger than those, okay? Whatever the case is, God does not want you to be addicted. He didn't create you to be a slave to any of this stuff. And for those, again, I have to say this, and I'll, wrap, I'll get to your questions in just a moment. For those of you who have never touched this stuff, do not touch it. Especially the, you know, smoke, tobacco. Um, even if you don't, you know, I know people, I know people that have never, ever had, a, you know, an alcoholic beverage, you know. Um, 
I know people that have died because of it. And any kind of recreational drugs, street drugs, or even prescription drugs, okay? I remember one time I was, I'll, I'll say this, this is a true story. I was at the doctor and, and this was years ago and he was talking about prescribing something for me and I said, listen, doctor, I want to be very clear. Don't prescribe anything to me that I'm going to get addicted to. If, if there's any, if there's, if it, you know, if there's a, a chance that I'm going to get addicted to this, sorry, no. And I'm really, really glad I did. And so... Um, that's my own, that's my own experience. Okay. So take it for what it is, but evil spirits are behind addiction. That's how you get addicted. That's how you stay addicted. I know people who have been, um, people who have been free for, for years of certain drugs, like, you know, Coke and all these other drugs and crack, whatever, um, and even to this day, decades later, they still they still wrestle with it. Why do they still wrestle with it? Because as Jesus said, the evil spirit after going out from the man will come back looking to get back in. And if you're open, which means if you do it again, if you open the door again, if you take that joint or if you take that poke or you take that snort or whatever you're doing, you take that toke. You take that pill, that spirit can get right back in with seven more, more powerful in itself. And the last will be worse than the first. This is spiritual people. Okay. And it's so important to understand and to see this in the spiritual realm because it helps you to fight it. I do believe it helps you to fight it. And that's why I pray. And yes, I do. I'll pray it again that God would open I mean, the Lord. The Lord of Elisha, Elisha, the same Lord, the same yod Hey wow Hey that opened up Elisha's servant's eyes to see in the spiritual realm the the the, uh, the armies of God around them when they when they were uh, in you know uh, cornered by the by the enemy army. I pray that that same God would open your eyes. Open your eyes to see in the spiritual realm for the purpose of helping you stay away from such evils and or to break free from such evils. In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth. Amen and amen. So uh, I'll get to some of your questions here. Now, I don't want to get too far off track because uh, I know there'll be people listening. I usually have exponent, lots and lots more people listening to the replays than the actual um, live stream. But uh, yes, Frank, uh, good stuff uh, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Also, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Yes, you got to hold fast to what is good. You guys know, you, you guys all know that in this, you know, in this day, in this time, in this age, so to speak, 
um, you know, the fight is, is heavy out there. It, it's, it is a, I mean, it's not heavy to those who are really believing and, and, and practicing and doing what they should be doing. Don't get me wrong. It's not, you know, it's a pleasure to walk with God and, and, and God helps us in that. But there, there is a spiritual war that is intensifying out there. And so we have to hold fast to what is good. Even if it means denying ourselves, denying pleasure, denying, you know, denying our pride uh, for the sake of doing what we know is right and good. So we have over here in the chat on YouTube, to Yah be the glory, um, says, what would you say to the idea that it's not the substance itself, but the use of it that makes it good or bad? For example, wine for Passover is okay, but not to be a drunkard. Very good question to Yabi the Glory. Um, very good question. This is something that I actually thought about talking about this a little bit earlier, but it wasn't on my wasn't on my schedule, so I didn't get to it. But since you brought it up, it's the first question that I have here, at least the first one that's brought to my attention. Uh, yeah, it's worth you know I. It's definitely something that should be spoken to. Um, so, again, I come from an, uh, I come I have experience in in some of these things. Okay, so uh, I remember when I was I was quite young, um, 15, 16, and I had a friend that was young as well. He was like fourteen years old, seriously, fourteen years old, and he had to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. I went with him, not that I had to go, but I went with him. And I saw, and I went, I don't know how many different meetings I went to. Um, in this day and in this time, alcohol perhaps could be one of the worst of the drugs. I, I'm not saying the worst. I mean, one of the worst in, in, in regards to numbers, how many people who have been destroyed, how many marriages, how many people have been uh, that you know they they lose everything to alcohol. It has destroyed a lot of a, a lot of people's lives. It destroyed a lot of people's lives indirectly or directly. They, people have lost their lives. People have lost their loved ones. People have lost their fathers. People have lost their mothers, their brothers, their sisters. It's a very horrific thing. And so, I take the position that to stay as far away from it as possible. As, as Paul said in Romans chapter 14, if, if we eat or drink or do anything that would cause another one to stumble, don't do it. It's not, it's not really loving of you or any, me, anybody to do something that could cause someone else to stumble. There are a lot of people out there, and this is just a fact, there are a lot of people out there who cannot have just one drink. It's either all or not at all for them. It's either they sacrifice. One drink would, would, would be the first, they, they would fall off the cliff. Because that would, again, that'd be like allowing that evil spirit to come back into them, so to speak. You know what I mean? They could not, one drink would, would break them. You, you know, that's true. There's a lot of people that's like that. 
you go to Alcoholics Anonymous and you ask these people yourself. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of them would say, yeah, man, I can't, I, you know, I can't even have one drink because you know, I'll just fall right back into the same old lifestyle, destroy myself, destroy my family, everything, lose my job, lose everything, lose my life. So we need to be a good example, very good example. And you know what? Let me let me share this. Uh, and this is this is the truth. Um, my father was a very good man. Very good example. He he set for me, although I only had him a very short number of years. He passed away when I was young. Um, one thing I remember about him is he's. I've never seen him smoke. I've never seen him drink. Never drunk. Never drugs. Nothing like that. Nothing. And that set an example for me of someone, of, of an environment, a home, of a person that I can look up to that that gave me hope, that was an example, okay? And we should be the same way. I've never seen my dad ever have a drink or anything like that. Never. Um, we should be the same kind of example. There are a lot of people that look up to believers. They look up to Christians. They look up to pastors. They look up to church leaders as their model in life. And if that pastor... There is a pastor just come to mind right now in my mind of someone who's actually on on YouTube, a very famous pastor, and he just sits around the table with his buddies and drinks drinks in his videos, sitting there with you know drinking and, and talking about the God and the Bible. That's a horrific example. Shame on him. It's a horrific example. Because you know what happens. People, this is true, people will look up to him and any other church leader or anybody else that they consider themselves, anybody in their life that they consider to be a holy man or a holy woman or you know, a person that's close to God, they will look up to these people and say, oh, but hey, they had, they had a shot of whiskey and if they can do it, then I guess there's nothing wrong with it, so I can do it. And they do it and boom, they fall right back into that that snare. So doing so is like is like causing someone to stumble. Now someone might say, well, what if I do it in secret? Then no one sees me. Well, that's a hypocritical lifestyle then. Don't do it. Don't be a hypocrite. Um, the way you live, you know, in your home is it should be the way you live in outside. Um, so I think it's I think it's very important um, to to be a good example to, to to people, and not to be a not to be a source of stumbling for people. It's worth it. It's worth it. You know, it's like. 
if if um it's like if coca-cola still had coke in it okay if coca-cola still had cocaine in it would it be a good thing to you know give it to somebody who's struggling with cocaine that they've been free for you know a few weeks already and they they're still struggling with that addiction here have a drink hey, it's nothing it's not going to hurt you ah, it's, hey it's not going to get you you know it's not going to get you high but that's going to that's going to set them on the path of that's they're going to go right back into it even that little bit cuz they need to draw a good nice clear line you know none of this stuff at all and uh in that sense you know I think it'd be good like to to have uh you know you got the Nazarite vow right that you don't touch any of that stuff um so, but today we don't have, I mean, today we have grape juice that will, ne- like it's, it's different than back in those days. Back in those days, it was either new wine or old wine. And new wine was um, grape juice, basically, and old wine was fermented, All right? So, fearfully confident, says Chris Renock, do you believe spirit, do you believe that spirits haunt places like homes? I'm having strange disturbances in my home, like appliances turning on and cabinets opening at 3 a.m. Yes, yes, definitely. It, it, it does happen. Uh, again, I have <laughs> I have experience when it comes to that kind of stuff too. Uh, I, you know, it is it's true. It, it it can happen, and if that if that's the case, um, I would find out why they're there. I would. Uh, the number, if I was there with you, fearfully confident, what I would do is, first of all, I'd go through the home. I'd go through the home. I'd get rid of, I'm not saying there's anything there. Probably nothing. I'm just, you know, don't get me wrong, uh, fearfully confident. Maybe there's nothing there. But if there's something there, like a book that's not very, uh, not very godly, you know, maybe it's something that's just not very good, you know, not that it's, not that it's really bad, you know, but it's just something that maybe it's not very good. Maybe it's, maybe it's something that, um, that could be used of the evil spirits to 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 uh, claim legal ground there, even if it is a so-called quote, you know acceptable kind of book or anything. It could be anything that is um, used, um, even if it's just a book like about the stars. I don't know, or just anything. Um, if it's used, if you got it from somewhere it was used, there could be a, a spirit, spiritual presence um, following that book. I've heard about that, not just books, but other things too, any kind of object. So I'd be going through the house. I'd be wondering, I, I'd be asking, well, first of all, I'd like, I'd say, what I would do is I'd say, when did this stuff start happening? And what, what, uh, if it, if it's been happening all along, then there may or may not be an object in the house, in the home. Um, that is giving this thing legal ground, so to speak, to be there. If um, if there's nothing that you can point your finger at, there's nothing there at all. There's, there's, I you know I don't know. I, there's nothing I can think of. There's nothing I know of that could be you know uh, causing this. Then I would I would pray. I would anoint things with oil. I'd pray over the oil. I'd pray. I would. Um, I would cancel all ground gained by the enemy. I would demand that that thing leaves, never comes back. Make sure there's a mezuzah on your door. 
Um, lay your hands on things and pray, even if it's just the cupboards. I know it sounds weird to do that, but hey, um, objects can can contain can be a, a point of spiritual contact, like the handkerchiefs and aprons in, in the book of Acts that were used to cast out evil spirits and heal people, like Achan, uh, Achan's devoted object and, you know, Elijah's cloak and uh, Elisha's bones. I mean, um, yeah, that's what I would, that was, that's what I would do, uh, Fearfully Confident. Very good question. And keep me up. To date with that, Fearfully Confident, let me know what's going on. When John says, I don't believe that natural substances should be called drugs, the ancients have always used things to enhance their understanding. If it is mind-altering, it is, by definition, it is a drug. It is a drug. If it's mind altering, mood altering, that's kind of on the borderline because there are some, you know, things that are not. But if it's some, you know, drugs have come from, I mean, that's, that's the, that's really the origin of drugs. And again, one John says, um, Genesis 2 29, and God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed uh, to you. To you, it shall be for meat. Yeah, again, you know, in context, of course, that does not include the poisonous ones, right, or anything like that. And there's a lot of poisonous things like that. And I don't believe that means, you know, to go around chewing on coca leaves either. Uh, definitely not. But yeah, I mean, stuff like uh, herb bearing seed, you know, there's lots of, lots of plants that we can eat. They're good fruits and vegetables. One John says, uh, you are changing my mind, which is almost impossible. I guess you should need drugs to find God. Not 100% sure what, what you mean by that one, John, but uh, what, I, what I would say is this, you know, I would say I believe every Christian, at least every Christian leader or every believer, every Torah observant pe per, uh, person, everyone who is part of the kingdom, I believe everyone should have knowledge of these things. Not that they should do it, but they should have knowledge of it. it you know, when it comes to drugs, they should, they should know what they're doing when it comes to that kind of stuff. I just saw a video there a couple days ago of a of a of a of a church leader who um, specializes in casting out. It's like an exorcist. Okay, this particular gentleman is an ex actually he said he's one of the twelve top exorcists in the in the United States, and he talks about how drugs is an entry point for evil spirits, demons. Um, so he never had to do drugs, um, to, to see that, but he had to have experience in dealing with people who did. And in that, in that kind of, I shouldn't say in that kind of environment, but you know what I mean? Like you, you, you have, you, you have to have knowledge in order to fix the car. You need to know about the car, right? 
So you have to have that knowledge. I think that every, I believe that every leader, every spiritual leader, every person out there, every believer that is, you, you feel like you're called to lead someone else or called to be an example, um, you should know. You should be, you should be well-versed in the spiritual side of drugs. You should be well-versed in the spiritual side of, of, um, of, the, of how the devil works too. Like, know what happens in seances. Know what ha happens in, in these meetings of Satanists. Understand the way, the workings of evil spirits. That way, I mean, it's like, it, that's, that's experience. That's experience. If, if, so, if there's a doctor that needs to treat someone of, of cancer, and they've never seen anybody with cancer before, if they never dealt with it before, then they wouldn't really have that experience. Caballero says, uh, what a powerful message. Thank you so much for speaking about addictions. Thank you, Caballero. Always good to see you. I appreciate, appreciate your encouraging comments. Tammy says, uh, Ezra went out in the desert by command of the angel and ate only flowers and herbs and began to have visions. Pretty sure his mind was altered by what he ate. Um, so flowers are a source of sugar, right? So you got the nectar in there. Um, I used to have hamsters and give them flowers all the time. I used to have, I used to give them flowers from my yard all the, all the time to eat. Uh, and a lot of things that we actually eat are flowers too, right? Um, so everything, I believe that flowers are, they have that, they have that source of, of, of sugar that you need to survive. And the herbs, of course, I mean, that could be anything from lettuce, you know, to, you know, uh, cabbage or, uh, anything like that. Um, the visions that Ezra had were visions of God. Now, again, I can speak from experience here. There is a huge difference between demonic hallucinations by drugs. Okay, I know from experience. And I've I've had demonic hallucinations by taking hallucinogenic drugs before. I have also had visions of God, okay? And they are they are as different as night to day. I mean, they are as different as darkness to light. Uh, so I would never, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, I would not think that Ezra actually, you know, got a hold of some magic mushrooms or something and started going, you know, chowing, mowing down on it, you know, and got some uh, demonic vision. And trust me, when you do these kind of things, I'm not sure, um, Tammy, or if anyone else, if you've ever had, if you ever done hallucinogenic drugs, you know, like LSD or magic mushrooms or anything like that, it is not, it's not from God. The visions that you have are not, definitely not from God. Um, definitely not. <laughs> Far from it, okay? Far from it. Um, so, yeah, I, I do not believe that he actually got hallucinations from eating these kind of drugs. I believe that he got nutrition from the flowers and the herbs 
like how we can today. I can today. I can go out in the field and and um, eat flowers and uh, and herbs. Definitely not anything that would be hallucinogenic or drugs. And also receive visions from God too. It has nothing to do with the flowers or herbs. So that's what I believe, Tammy. Thank you for your comment. One John says, I meant to say that I understand better now uh, that if you need drugs to find God, that's a problem. I'm re-evaluating things. Thank you. Thank you very much, One John. Okay, see what else we got here. So the pious crusader is asking questions about, okay, so you're asking questions about Paul and this kind of thing. Um, I spoke a lot about Paul tonight. I really don't want to get into Paul. I've spent out actually hundreds of hours about you know, talking about Paul uh, in previous videos. Um, so I, I, I ask you that you would, let's keep it uh, relatively on topic tonight. If you want to know, if you want to know my point of view on Paul and all that kind of thing in, in salvation, uh, that kind of thing, I have lots and lots of uh, videos, lots of content about that on TikTok and on YouTube as well, especially on YouTube. I have uh, who knows how many, I haven't even counted how many videos or hours worth of, of content over there on YouTube. Sydney says, uh, I want to hear this. My son just called. Okay. Sydney, I'm not sure if you were there, if you were here earlier, but um, uh, we went through the whole entire, we went through everything about, well, I mean, probably we can talk about more things, but uh, I went through a lot already on, on drugs about uh, uh, what my experience was with them. Uh the scriptures, uh, how they, how it came into the human race, how to avoid it, what does God say about it, um, why it's not good, according to the scriptures, how to avoid temptation, how to avoid falling into it in the first place, and also how to be free from it. Alex says, really good study, thanks. Thank you, Alex. Okay, um, let me just see here. Last call. You guys have any more questions you want to bring to my bring my attention? Uh, please put it in the live chat. If not, we're going to wrap this up. So we dealt with a lot. We spoke about a lot here already. So um, just to give you a few minutes here. Cindy says, happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath to you. Blessings multiplied to you. Yeah, you guys, if anybody missed um, what we're talking about here, uh, it is going to be available on the replay on, on YouTube. Philip says, smoking weed opens demonic doors. Definitely does. No doubt about that. God did create plants with medicinal properties. Yes, I do believe that as well. Uh, used right, it does does do good. Yes, I do believe that as well. Um, smoking anything, no, no good. <laughs> smoking anything is no good. Uh, it is definitely very destructive to your lungs, uh, to your body. And um, as they said, the old timers would say, if God wanted you to smoke, he'd put a chimney on right on top of your head. Okay, so tomorrow 
is our regular Shabbat meeting. Start at 2 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 2 p.m. New York time. We will start then and uh, and have a regular kind of like open talk, a open mic meeting where uh, we'll be talking about. Uh, uh, I'll be talking about what uh, I believe it's what I believe the Lord put on my heart, and um, and we'll be uh, uh, talking to you guys. It'll be more of a more of a hangout more of a fellowship kind of thing instead of a teaching or a you know scripture reading although I'm sure, pretty sure we'll get all all the above in it as well so yes yes so that'll be tomorrow Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Saturday 2 p.m. now for those of you who are new here we do this live stream we live stream every day by the grace of God okay so lord willing tomorrow we'll be back that's Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Sunday through Friday, six days a week, 7 p.m. Eastern. Sunday through Friday, six days a week, 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay, guys. And what we what would what, what we've been usually doing is Sunday through Thursday. We're going through the scriptures. We're really plugging away at the scriptures in, a, in chronological order. We're getting towards the end. We're getting towards the end part of the Tanakh. We're going to get into the Apocrypha and many of those very interesting books after we finish with the uh, common canon of the Tanakh. Uh, and also, Lord willing, we'll, we will get back into the New Testament as well. And... Um, um after that maybe get into some other like we did before like last year we got into uh like some of the writings of clement maybe this year we'll go we'll get into something either do that again or something different uh, i, I want to get into some of the interesting books such as the apocalypse of baruch and um Got the Ascension of Moses, the Ascension of Isaiah, all those kind of books like that. Perhaps even some of the other books that are not so, you know, that are not really considered to be scripture, even in the Apocrypha, like the letter of Aristeas, which is more about the scriptures, but it's still really, really good. Like the letter of Aristeas talking about the, uh, the formation and the creation and the translation of the Septuagint back, that would have been about, 2200 years ago now so very interesting perhaps uh lord willing we'll get into that as well so very very interesting uh so yes okay caballero says see you tomorrow good night see you tomorrow caballero good to see you blessings multiplied to you all right guys so that'll be it for tonight I'll see you again tomorrow morning at 2 p.m. Eastern. As always, you guys are awesome world changers. Keep on pressing in. Keep on pursuing righteousness and truth and goodness. Keep on doing it. Keep on pursuing God. Be a God chaser in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Again, thanks, thanks a lot, guys, for your fellowship, for your questions and your comments. You guys are awesome. I appreciate every one of you. To Yabi, the glory says, uh, Shalom, y'all. Heavy topics this time. Yeah, heavier than, than usual, isn't it? Yes.
Absolutely. But I do believe that a lot of people needed to hear what we, what we spoke about today. And uh, I believe it would uh, be a blessing and it would bring freedom to a lot of people. And that is my prayer. And Cindy says, Amen, Amen. Thank you very much, Cindy. Okay, I'll see you again tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern. Until next time, as always, I pray for each one of you. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you wonderful, wonderful shalom. Amen, amen. See you tomorrow.